Agent Ryan. Agent The Vern. The Rabbit Hole Podcast team has asked us to return back to the town of Twin Peaks to go over all the case files. Are you ready? Have we been asked to cover the case files of the groundbreaking series created by David Lynch and Mark Frost? The same one. We will be discussing in detail every episode from all three seasons of the show. Including the plot of every character, not just the mystery of who killed Laura Palmer. Exactly. We'll also dive into why the show became such a phenomenon in the 90s and how it still influences shows today. Will we discuss the feature film Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me? You know, that may be our longest season yet. So check Tales from the Double R on Anchor, Spotify, Good Pods, or listen to us at rabbitholepodcast.com. Now, let's order some coffee and a piece of that amazing pie. In at the end of time, time for a pint, all welcome fine. All time travelers are friends of mine, everybody in at the end of the line. The in at the end of time, time for a pint, all welcome fine. All time travelers are friends of mine, everybody in at the end of the line. Take the, take the three, carry the, carry the four. Yes, 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 this can work, this can work, yes. I, excuse me? Uh, are, are you Jason Soto? Uh-huh. Oh, uh, yes, 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 yes. Just uh, put the uh, food on the uh, table. I already tipped on the app. Uh, n- no, I'm here for the ad. I saw looking for an assistant to a film nerd in a particular genre. Oh, right, yes. What's your name? Uh, I'm Nick Job. Job, Job, right, right, right. Well, uh, come on in, come on in, come on in, have a seat, have a seat. What's that you're working on there? This? Ah, this is the time scale. Sweet. What's it do? Well, when I turn it on, for the first time, I might add, it'll allow anyone inside to travel to any destination. Not just in time, but to a specific movie that's about time travel. A movie destination? Yes, 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 yes. Now, let's have a short uh, interview before we begin our journey, shall we? First question, Mr. Job. What are your thoughts on time travel as a real-life possibility? Um, I think that... Uh, I don't know, because they've proven that it hasn't been a thing, but maybe... I think it's a possibility that it could happen, but probably not in a way that we see in movies. <laughs> okay, okay. So so you're telling me then that you feel it can be possible? I think so. The only thing is, you know, there's the story that Stephen Hawking... Uh, did a time travel party and <laughs> nobody showed up, but yes. he didn't announce it till the day after the party. Um, mm, okay, okay. So it's like, oh, so there's no time travel, but what if there's rules that prohibit, you know? Right. Or what if aliens are just time travelers? Or, you know, there's, there's all a bunch of theories. What if the parallel dimensions happen with time travel? I don't know. Well, uh, I think I think it's possible. I think there is a possibility that it is a thing, 
Um, I don't know how far into the future it could be created, but yeah. I feel true. I truly believe that it is possible. Um, over the course of you know this show, I will I will kind of maybe dig a little deeper into my actual my my personal theory on how time travel could be possible. But to answer the question of like why you know we haven't experienced it yet. Or why it's not like public knowledge, and I don't want to get too conspiracy theory. I'm not like you know those kind of people who think everything's a conspiracy theory. Um, but I do think that it is possible that if certain people find out that time travel is possible, they would want to keep it a secret because if you think about like if you think about it, that may cause like I don't say a panic necessarily, but like you know society is probably going to act a little weird and then yeah. and then there's going to be a lot of instances of like wanting to use it for their own personal things um you know they're going to be like well let's reverse 9-11 let's reverse the holocaust let's reverse donald trump you know like you know they're going to yeah. want to like <laughs> use it for stuff like that and i feel like that's dangerous um mm-hmm. i feel like if if it's like too many random people are just using it to just kind of do shit like that um uh that's gonna cause a lot of problems uh and i don't necessarily mean like stuff we see in movies where it's like oh it's a paradox and now this person's turned into a dinosaur or whatever nothing like that but like it, it could just like eventually cause some kind of weird like universal collapse or something something bad might happen what that bad thing is i don't know i just feel like there might be some smart people within you could say government or in science or nasa even or whatever and again i want to stress i am not one of those crazy conspiracy theory people who says like oh their government's hiding shit or stuff like that um honestly i think our government is such are so are so terrible that they can't hide stuff if they even tried. Um, a recent example is this alien thing that came up a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, like people for years have been saying, "Oh, government's hiding aliens, aliens, aliens." There's like a, a whole TV shows about how the government is like hiding <laughs> alien stuff, and then and then they're just like, "Yeah, okay, there's aliens," and then everyone now everyone's like, "Yeah, we knew that." So like they're yeah. not they're not the best at keeping secrets, you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that that's kind of that's kind of my thought. I I do I do think it can be done in real. I think it can be done. Um, but I will give a little breadcrumb of my theory. I think it can only be done once, and it has to be done through a very extreme measure. And I'll I'll I'll, I'll expound on that later. Um. Is there one time travel story, either movie or TV or novel or short story, take your pick, or do all if you want, that stands out to you or means a lot to you? Um, so I had a, I had a hard time with this question because, like, there, there's no one in particular, really, uh, but I do like them as a whole, like... Mm there's just so many that I have connected with 
over the years, but none of them like really more than another, uh, just all for different reasons. Um, and just how they kind of use or utilize time travel differently every time I see it. Cause you know, a, they, a lot of people have to do things different in order to not have just done the same thing over and over again. Um, but I, I really don't have an answer okay. because uh, I just, I like it as a genre and I tend to like time travel stuff no matter what. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I don't really have. No, that, that's do. fine. That's fine. I just didn't know if there was like one specific yeah. form of media, like maybe you really like this one movie or show or just something. Uh, that's fine. That's perfectly fine. Um, um, to me, actually, and I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna go here at some point in the future. Eh, future. Um, the 1966 film, The Time Machine, um, <laughs> was one of the earliest films I seen as a kid that my mom showed me, and sort of like opened my eyes to the concept of time travel. Um, my mom is the reason why I'm such a time travel nerd. Um, mm-hmm. Is because she was a time travel nerd as well. Uh, she loved Doctor Who. Like Doctor Who was like one of her favorite shows growing up, like in the seventies. Yeah. Um, she was like a teenager when the show was happening in the seventies, so she got to experience OG Doctor Who, which I'm a little jealous of. But um, um, but you know, when I was old enough to kind of understand things, she would show me episodes of Doctor Who. Uh, so that means a lot to me as well. Like that, like you know, Doctor Who. I love that show. And then she showed me the movie The Time Machine. And then um, I found out that it was based on a novel. So I read the novel, or it's, it's actually kind of a short story, really, um, by H.G. Wells. And um, I read the I read the story as well. That's how into it I was. And I that is one of my uh, that and uh, the destination that we have I have in plan for today is one of my favorite time travel stories. Um, but The Time Machine, I absolutely love it. And you know, it's such a simple title, too. It's just called The Time Machine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I enjoy that. But otherwise, I'm with you. I like I like the concept in, like, media as a whole. If I, if, you know, and at this point in my life, people know that if they discover something, whether it's a video game or a TV show or whatever has time travel in it, they send it to me, like, immediately. <laughs> They're like, hey, there's this movie coming out about time travel. You even did that to me the other day. You sent me something that's coming out about oh, I did. time travel. I did, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so uh, I'm kind of the same way as you. So, uh, okay, awesome. Uh, just one more question. Uh, are you able to put up with a lot of overthinking and nerdy uh, analyst of movies that probably didn't have a whole lot of thought put into it. Like we said, we've talked to you about time travel for years. <laughs> Good, because I am going to be overthinking a lot of shit during the course of this project. Uh, well, let me tell you what I plan on doing and what I need your help with. I want to visit different movies and TV shows and maybe even novels if time permits in our hectic lives and not only discuss what happens in said media but compare it to real life time travel theories 
and how it was used in the movie or whatever we do. Also, I expect several movies will have repeated uses of theories. So we will also get deep and discuss the time travel aspect and how it was used and whatnot. So if like a movie or a show has like uses the same theory, I won't just talk to you about the theory mm-hmm. over again. But instead, we'll use that opportunity to get kind of nerdy about like what happens and how the time travel is used and whatnot. Um, then after all that is done, we will rank each movie using the time scale. Yes, this wonderful device I created, the time scale, goes from 1 to 10, and there will be five questions that the time scale will be asking us, and we have to answer. Four questions will remain the same, but the fifth question will vary depending on the movie. Uh, we will give answers using the time scale and explain ourselves. And after all is said and done, we move on to a new destination. How does that sound, Mr. Job? One question. What time is my break? All breaks will be yesterday. <laughs> eh, a little time travel humor. Ah. Well, I think you're the right man for the job. And not because no one else responded to the Craigslist ad, which, oddly enough, was used in a time travel movie. I'm sure we're going to end up at eventually. But because I like your gusto... Welcome to the time scale, Nick Job. Thanks. So, when do we begin? No time like the present. <laughs> More time travel humor. This is going to be an experience. What was that? Uh, um, where are we going first? Ah, yes, 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 yes. Our first stop is going to be one of my favorite films of all time. We are going to 2007 and discussing the film Time Crimes. Written, directed, and co-starring Nacho Vigalondo, it's a Spanish-language film, so... Vamanos, vamanos, andale, andale! So I want to give credit where credit is due, and I want to say the very first time that I seen this, it was because of you. Like you told me about this movie. Is that correct? That sounds right. Okay. It's been so long, I don't recall entirely. I remember getting this in uh, from Netflix when uh, it was very common to get Netflix DVDs in, <laughs> and uh, that's how long ago this was. And yeah. um, I did something I've never done before. Uh, the the instant the movie was over, I restarted it right away. Um, yeah, because I was just like fascinated by this movie. It was such a fascinating kind of film. Uh, and then I just had to kind of go over it again to catch like things that I may have missed the first time. And I'm glad I did because I did catch some things. And every time I watch this now there's like some little new thing that i never noticed than you know from the time before um what about you have you uh how many times have you seen this and did, do you catch like things like that like every time you watch it this i i want to say is maybe the third or fourth time i've seen the movie okay um and yeah i 
you do catch things, obviously, uh, on rewatches. And it was so hard. I watched this with my wife, and who'd never seen it and didn't really know anything about it except that it was a time travel movie. Mm. And uh, it was so hard biting my tongue <laughs> throughout the entire first act of the movie because I, I even was like, the first act is essentially uh, the like most important part of the movie because mm -hmm. the rest of the movie goes back and explains what happened in the first act. Um, yes, so, yes. So yeah, like when you're watching it, it you do catch all the things, and uh, but it had been a while since the last time I saw it. So the second act, um, there was some stuff in there I forgot uh, exactly how it went, but then uh, it kind of came back to me. But yeah, okay. Um, so okay, let's go over. It. I'm just gonna do like a, the very briefest of descriptions, and we'll get a little nerdy with it in a bit, but. Um, we focus on this guy named Hector. He's kind of this literally an everyday guy. He's just this very typical kind of pudgy married guy. They, uh, him and his wife, Clara bought a house like out, like kind of in the woods a little bit. Um, and they're kind of, you know, fixing it up, painting it up, all this stuff. And we, we learned that he's kind of a klutz, uh, very early on in the movie, uh, which carries over through a lot of the film. And um, he sees something weird in the woods behind his house. And so he goes to investigate. And he inadvertently ends up in a time machine. And he gets sent back about... The movie wants to say an hour. I feel like it's more. I want to say it's like three hours. Um, only because yeah. I don't know if everything that happened can take place in an hour. And no. and it goes from like really bright outside to really dark outside. So I I yeah. I I have my doubts that this is supposed to be an hour. Um, even saying an hour and a half is too modest. Like it, this is easily like three hours back in the past. Um, because yeah. in that time he came home, took a nap, tried to take a nap, couldn't take a nap. Was out in the backyard, putzing around with his binoculars. Went into the woods, found a naked girl, passed out. Uh, then got stabbed and chased by a guy in a bandage. Uh, went into this like weird science building that's up on a hill, uh, where he meets a guy um, played by Nacho Vigalondo, and uh, he the the guy in the in the lab uh, who he's credited as uh, uh, El Hoven, um, but we never really learn his name. Uh, mm -hmm. He he never says it. Scientist um, dude. He's scientist guy, yeah. And so he tells him, hey, get into this, this tub of goo and you'll be safe. And when he does, he wakes up, he finds himself th three hours in the past. And then um, he, he, Hector does not accept this. And so uh, he thinks there's some strange guy at his house with his wife until he finally kind of gets it. Like, oh, there is, that's an older me out there. And then he realizes that in order to fix everything, he has to get that Hector, you know, into the time machine. And so he has to be the one to, you know, get chase him and stab him and run around the woods and all this stuff. Uh, then we get a 
a problem that Hector needs to solve. Uh, we can dive into that in a bit, but um, but he then he needs to go back again. Uh, 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 well, really, he needs to go back a second time, really. Um, but then there's three of him running around, and then the movie does an interesting thing of how it balances the three Hectors just running around in this area in this three-hour window. Um, and that was what I liked about it. I, I thought this was a really clever film. I, I liked I liked how... Uh, and it was just him. It was just, it was just Nacho Vigalongo who just wrote this by himself. And I have to give him so much credit for coming up with all this, like trying to manage, like, okay, Hector 1 is doing this while Hector 2 is doing this and Hector 3 is over here and Hector 3 is interacting with Hector 2 and Hector it's 2... It's definitely a lot of juggling. <laughs> yeah! And for one guy to come up with all this, that is just brilliant. And I was I was just so fascinated when I saw this. I had to watch it again. Yeah, you, you would have had to have known, like, plotted it out uh, like, minute by minute of where each version would have had to have been yes. at any given time. Yes, yes, exactly. You would definitely have to storyboard all this. And I'm not a fan of storyboarding, but I, I for something like this you would definitely have to. Um so uh yeah, that's what happens in the movie. Uh so the the time machine, um we don't get a lot of information about it. It's it's in this lab that's up on a hill, like way out in the woods, and we know it's some kind of secret, kind of a secret organization, um, like a company that you know seems to be making this like time machine. The time machine is like this round above ground pool, I guess the best way I could describe it. Yeah. And there's a little lid that comes down, and I I, I guess it's a back to tank. It's a what? I'm sorry, I missed it. Say <laughs> so it's a back to tank. Oh, Star Wars. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> but but not like glass. It's just like no. this rounded turtle shell of a thing. Yeah. Where the shell can kind of raise up and go down on yeah. the, the tub. And it has to be filled with this weird milky watery goo, I guess, in order for you to travel back into it, um, because. Uh, the 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 science scientist dude he has to fill it up throughout the movie uh in order to get uh hector one to go back in time to become hector two and uh and and three eventually yeah and um and so the the, the there's not again not a lot of detail about this and i think you know the nacho vigilando was not worried about trying to explain the time travel i think he just wanted to tell the story and i will I will congratulate him on that. I think that that did not need to be done. That would have probably bogged the movie down a bit if he was like, well, this is how the machine works, and uh, we had a guy who came up with this thing. Oh, yeah, no. I don't think it needed to be explained. <laughs> it just needed to be uh, a, a, a little device. A literal and, device. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, which I do appreciate. Uh, I mean, you know, as a time travel nerd, you know, sometimes I like to know about time machines, but it worked very well in this case that it was not explained. We just know there's a machine in this lab. It's yeah, a round no, thing filled with goo. <laughs> time travel stories are either about the about the time travel or it's about how people are reacting to time travel. Yes. 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 This is, is one of the latter. This is indeed absolutely. Um and so uh 
but that's all we know. And like I said, we don't even know the guy's name, the scientist's name. And he he reveals in a movie that he's not really a member of the of the team that made the machine. He just works like I guess he just works like in the office or he's maybe some kind of like yeah. assistant or something and he was just very curious about it so he turned it on. Um and so that that's kind of where everything kind of went from there. Yeah. Um Okay, so, uh, Mr. Nick Job, are you at all curious about what time travel theory that is related to this film is today? I, uh, I am interested. So, uh, there's a couple different things going on here. Um, one of them I'm going to save for a different movie, um, because it's, it's, it was used in the film Primer. And you know we're covering that, so... Unfortunately, uh, yes. <laughs> so, uh, I will save that theory for that episode. But the one I want to talk about today is called the... I'm, I don't know if I'm going to say this right. The the, the Novikov Self-Consistency Principle. Um, have you heard of that? Have you heard of that name before? I have not. And it, it could be Novikov. Novikov? Okay, that, that, that could be. Novikov? Yeah. Novikov, that makes sense too, yeah. Sorry, I'm not the greatest at pronouncing a lot of things. So be Russian. My my apologies. So yes, he is a Russian dude. He is absolutely a Russian. He came up. Uh, oh my god, I'm not even trying to say this name, but yeah, yeah. Novikov in the mid '80s came up with this theory. So the theory states that um, if you were to travel back in time, you cannot change the past whatsoever. Like everything that has happened has already happened and let's say nick i threw you into a time machine and told you to go back to last week and try to get you to convince me like to not go to work on a day that something bad happened all right Mm -hmm. so then you do that but something in the universe that's not super explained prevents that from happening prevents you from stopping me from going to work so I've already have gone to work. Theory states that the past, the present, even the future is already determined and written. And so even if you got into a time machine and went back and tried to like change something, no matter what, you cannot because it's already been determined. And that is kind of what we have here in Time Crimes. Mm-hmm. Um, when Hector becomes Hector 3... He wants to go back in time one more time because uh, he, uh, his wife, he thinks his wife got killed uh, in an accident um, due to him. Because uh, when he's he's he gets ban- he gets bandaged up. I, <laughs> I want to pause for a second. I didn't notice until this time how fucking much Hector gets like beaten up and his face yeah. is all puffy and cut open and. Like at yeah, the end of it, gross. <laughs> yeah, at the end of it, he looks like he went like three rounds with Mike Tyson in his prime. Like he looks a mess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, so he Hector, when he went back the first time, he he crashed a car and uh, he gets a cut on his forehead. So he bandages himself uh, with the bandage that he put on because he got stabbed. And I noticed, too, the more the movie goes on, the more severe the uh, injuries seem to be. Because uh, we start with, like, a stabbing in the arm, which, you know, it looked it looked bad, but really could be fixed easily. Then he gets this big gash on his head. 
Um, well, so here's a thought. Here's a, okay. Um, so I noticed this too. I don't know if I've noticed it in the past, but it kind of clicked with me this time, this watch anyway. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that um, the reason the bandage turns pink is because it's mixing with the blood and the white liquid from the pool. Oh, the time travel stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so that's why that's why it turns pink. That's that's um, good. Okay. I didn't think about that. And so I'm wondering if does that white liquid or the time travel in general or anything, you know, make him weaker or more susceptible oh. to wounds or you know, because hmm. he wrapped it around his face, and then by the end of the movie, his face is like fucked. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> and like he gets into two different car crashes. Yeah. Um. And the the, the second one is more severe. Uh. Because the first one, he just gets pushed off the road, and he hits a tree like kind of right away. The yeah. the second car accident, he's like he falls off a cliff. Like the the truck falls off this cliff goes down into these woods into a cliff and then he's like upside down and the the car so had to do flips and shit and then and then he was buckled in so he undid the buckle and he fell through the truck that was a cool shot by the way i gotta give Vigalando some props here that shot was cool when he falls through the truck and he comes out and through the back of it that was a wonderful shot um and so he's just beat up like yeah like through this whole movie um, but in, when he's Hector two and he's bandaged up and his face is bandaged up, he, he thinks the, the, there's this woman, I don't know if I've explained the woman yet. Um, there's this woman that he's been kind of, I don't want to mean this in a mean, creepy way, but like a chasing around because she's no, a reason- it's kind of creepy in me. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Okay. Okay. So here's my thought. He sees this, he starts off the movie seeing this naked woman in the woods. And then she disappears, and then he just sees her clothing. So he gets he, he gets up to go see what's going on. And then when he gets there, he finds her knocked out. And then that's when he gets stabbed in the arm, and then he gets chased by the bandage guy, who we, we learn ends up being Hector II, the second, the second version of him. And then um, when he becomes Hector II, uh, and he crashes the car, the that girl in the woods uh finds him and gets all concerned like yo you know i'm gonna go get help i'm gonna give you some water and then he pulls the scissors out on her and and says and kid (laughs) kidnaps her and then makes her you know get undressed get naked all this stuff um but he's only doing that because he knows this is what got hector one to go into the woods so if, if he doesn't do this Hector one does not go into the woods and then does not travel in time, and uh, you know. Okay, but here's my here's my issue with the time travel in this movie. Okay. Uh, and it, it's 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 exactly that which it yes it makes sense, but it's instead of like say the nature of time or just nature, nature. in general mm-hmm. being the thing that causes stuff to happen he's doing it because he knows he has already done it right so there, there was there's never an inciting incident there's never like who was the first what was the first reason this happened outside of the fact that he knew he already knew it because then it doesn't 
it doesn't work because there's no start to it. Uh, mm. It's just like he goes into the time machine, and just by the fact he went into a time machine, chaos ensues. Right. But, like, it just doesn't work naturally because he's only doing it because he's already seen he does it. Okay. And that's the that's the only reason. But see, that plays into the theory that I got, the, the Novikov self-consistency principle, in that he has to do these things in order to get Hector to get there, but this has already been predetermined. He cannot change anything. No matter how hard he tries, he cannot change anything, and this comes into the fact of his wife. So when he chases the girl into his house, has the bandage guy, has Hector too, he, he you know he thinks the girl is calling the police on him and everything so he's chasing her and then when he gets on the roof uh he sees her feet and so he pulls on them which pulls her off the roof and breaks her neck on the ground and he thinks it's the wife because he just sees a red coat that she wore before she left home and her hair was very short and so hector goes oh my god that's my wife i need to go back in time and i need to stop this from happening and the theory will state, and this is shown in the movie, that he cannot. And we know this because uh, the scientist dude tells him exactly everything that he will do as Hector 3. He's going to say, you came out of the machine. You made me send Hector 2 away. You, you call me on a walkie later and tell me the plan didn't work. People are going to know we did this thing and uh, that he failed his mission. And that is exactly every single thing that happens. There's not a variation on that. Um, and even... Wait, so, it, oh, go ahead. I will say, theory, what if there was a version that just ended on, uh, say, his wife falling off the roof? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then later he finds this time travel thing and travels back to stop it from happening. But then that just sets up a domino effect of things that uh, keep getting added on. Like, says so maybe there's more than three hectares. Um, I don't know. Just like I'm trying to still find that starting point because it still doesn't mm. make sense to me. <laughs> okay. Okay, so, okay, yeah, because this is kind of a... It is a time loop that's happening as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, I get what you're saying, because, you know, there has to be a start to the loop. And to me, I think the start of the loop is just Hector looking through the binoculars in his backyard, seeing the girl. I think that's that's the cause. That's that's what causes everything. If if he did not go into that backyard and he did not have the binoculars, um, but the girl was only there because he put her there and made her take off her shirt because he knew he saw her through the binoculars. Right. So the, yeah. So Hector two is just doing things that he saw as Hector one, and I get I do get what you're saying. It it does it does muddy it up a little bit because you're like, well, what. What caused, yeah, what caused this to happen? What if Hector, one, never went out, you know, into his backyard? What if he just went to, what if he just went to his living room? What if, you know, his weird, awkward sex scene with his, with his wife 
<laughs> I'm sorry, that was a weird sex, kind of a sex scene. That was kind of weird, but yeah. Um, anyway, if they if they went longer or did it again or, or just anything else besides them going into the backyard happened, you're right. What would have what would have motivated Hector two to get the girl to get naked and stuff? But see, I think again, all of this is happening because he went back in time. Right, so he, that's what I'm saying. So he goes back in time and suddenly, like, instantaneously, three timelines form yes. at once just because of the act of he went back in time. Correct. And these were the actions that are going to happen. No matter what. They, even yes. though they cause themselves to happen. Yes. Yes. I, if if Hector did not see the girl in the woods, he would not get curious, and he would not have gone into the woods. He would not have gotten stabbed, and he would not have gotten chased, and he would not have ended up at the at the lab and on top of the but, hill. But if okay, so the only reason the girl was there was because he traveled through time. Mm-hmm. But what got him? to go in the first place because if we're saying that the time travel is what caused it initially Mm -hmm. the initial reason for him to go could not have been connected to the time travel because the time travel would have only happened had he already time traveled which makes no sense (laughs) Uh, he would would have needed another reason outside of I time travel if this one event happens that I made happen because of the time travel. Okay. But I wouldn't have gotten there. Like, I don't know. Okay. I So we establish when he's Hector 2, I believe. Yeah, mm-hmm. Hector 2. That the girl was, like, riding her bike through the woods. Yes. Okay. So she was just wrong place, wrong time. <laughs> and, um... <laughs> and uh and so this is when he realizes oh that's the girl that gets you know I find naked and so he then has to you know get her to do all the things that happens and I think this is what plays into the theory that I got for today's episode I think I think it's just one of those things where it's just we can't explain it it's just the universe has to make these acts to happen to contain itself, to maintain itself in order for it to exist. Because if at any point in time, any of the events that we saw deviated, um, there would have been a paradox and then chaos would have ensued. It's a glitch in the matrix. It's a glitch in the matrix. So these things had to have happened because they have already have happened. It has been predetermined by this self-consistency principle that these things happened. Um, And this is why Hector could not save who he thought was his wife. Uh, He went back in time to save the wife. And then um, through uh, weird mishaps, he discovers that was not his wife. um, Because she's not wearing the red coat and she was elsewhere in the house when Hector 2 and the girl were running around. And so Hector 3 puts the wife safely into, like, the, the tool shed or something. And then he, Hector 3, pretty much causes the death of the girl because mm-hmm. he has to. 
he he sort of has no choice according to this principle. He has to cut the girl's hair so it looks like the wife's. He has to put the wife's red coat on, and he has to get her out onto the roof, running from Hector Two, so Hector Two can pull her off the roof and she falls and breaks her neck. And I think that's why he looks really like he his face is beat up, but I think he's also mentally beat up because he knows he has to do this. He There's has some, to murder this woman. He has to murder this woman because. That's what's going to set Hector 2 to become Hector 3. And you can ask the exact same question. Well, okay, so why does he become Hector 3? How does how does the girl get on the roof? You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. yes, everything that happened in this movie is all because Hector 1, the original guy, was in his backyard and he saw the girl. Now, I get what you're saying, that the girl would not have been there, taking her clothes off, blah, 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 if it wasn't for Hector 2. But I'm saying that if he never, if there's no situation where he does not go into that backyard and look through the binoculars, even if Hector did rush to the house and stop him from going, you know, to the, mm-hmm. that's why I think, I think that's the reason why the scientist dude, when he's asked uh, from Hector, why can't I just go to the house and explain it? He doesn't really give an explanation. I mean, he yeah. he he gave like like a kind of a pass like one, um, but he doesn't fully like say oh because it's and I think it's because he doesn't know, you know. Yeah. He's just this worker in this lab who works for a company that's making time travel happen, and he doesn't know, you know. I don't think he's he's an actual time theorist. He's just mm-hmm. some he's just a schlubby guy like me who like has got a job really cool job and is like time travel oh yeah i'm gonna fuck with that and that's it he doesn't know like what's gonna happen so when he gets asked by hector why can't i just go to the house and tell my past self hey don't do this and i think that's just this principle that's just out Mm -hmm. in the universe I'm getting a little the, cosmic and a little spiritual, I realize, but I don't mean to. But yeah. <laughs> there's just something that's yeah. that's guiding all of this to happen. Here's a question, though. Mm-hmm. Do you think, because it's possible, mm-hmm. do you think that Hector 2 uh, actually saw his wife and then when Hector 3 went back in time... He changed something, but in a way where Hector too could still think it was his wife. You know what I mean? Like, so he saw his wife, but then when he went back again, he changed it to be the girl, uh, hmm. but the girl made up to look like his wife, so it still worked technically within the rules. See, I, I don't think so, because I don't know what that would have been. Because, yeah. again, remember I explained, he's just as – Hector's this normal guy. He's just this clumsy klutz of a guy, you know, thrown into this situation. And then, you know, and, you know, the movie's called Time Crimes because he has to go back and do these terrible things. So there's one girl. <laughs> and um, I don't think he would have had the foresight or knowledge to have done that, even inadvertently. Because I don't know what that what that moment would have been. Like, what what would that moment have been for him to have gone? Oh, I changed it from the wife to the girl. When she when she comes out, uh, right 
in the moment when he's about like putting the jacket on her um and he knows you see it in his face he realizes i have to kill this woman right i i have to be the reason that she dies in order for because uh, at this point is he thinking in order for the time uh, paradox to not be broken or is he thinking to save my wife but wasn't he, at that he, point he already knew the wife was safe well, that, that was after he put her in the shed right or am I misremembering the, that timeline because I thought he, he finds the I, wife the wife comes out, he takes her outside, puts her in the shed, he goes back in and he finds the girl, and that's when he cuts the hair and puts the jacket on. Well, if... I thought he put... He doesn't put the jacket on first and then go get his wife? I think... Okay, I mean, I did just watch this last night, but again, well, I, same, I actually, my my memory no no my memory is bad too, so it's it's not that it's just I'm trying now desperately to remember. I want to say the events that happened was he Hector three he he's trying to figure out what to do, uh, and that's when he sees the wife. The wife comes in and she's like, Hector, your face is all beat up, and there's yeah, strange uh-huh. people in the house. And then he realized, and then I think it's at that moment is when he realizes what has to happen. I think that's the moment where he goes, my wife is right here in front of me. She's not wearing the red jacket. He might have observed that. He might have observed she was not wearing the red jacket. And so he then took her outside, put her in the shed, went back in the house, and then realized, okay, I got to get Hector 2 to think Clara's dead. So I'm gonna have to make this poor girl who did absolutely nothing wrong. But to... how does he know? How does he know that she's in the house at that point before he hides the wife? How does because he, three he, he know? Yeah, because girl... he can't. He can't know that the other girl is in the house unless he's seen her already. See, that's what I'm trying to remember. The, now I wish I could remember the timeline of the events. I remember so he he's in that room and he looks across the room and the girl is hiding there and so then he grabs um, is that when he grabs a table and throws it or is that later um, remember he, there's a table that's like stuck in the door yeah, yeah and he and throws it down he the throws stairs it, and it hits Hector too mm-hmm and then I want to say that's when he grabs the girl, but now I'm now you got me wondering if it's the opposite. If if he sees the girl, before nah, now you got me wondering. I don't remember. <laughs> it literally was just last night when I watched it. I don't remember. And I've I and I've seen the night. and I've seen this a thousand times too. On top of that, so it's so weird. I can't remember. You um, could be a hundred percent correct, <laughs> and I am just that good at messing with your head. But, uh, <laughs> Quit fucking with my head, Job. Come on. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember. I guess that is important to know because what is the order? Does he see the wife first, or does he see the girl first as Hector three? Because that would determine then what he does. I, uh-huh. I I feel strongly that he sees the wife first. I really feel like in my bones, like deep down inside, he sees the wife first. Knows, okay, that's the wife. She's not wearing the red jacket. I'm going to get her to safety, and then I got to get Hector 2 
to kill, you know, the girl and make make her look like my wife so then things can continue. And I really feel like that is what happened. But don't quote me on that. Nick could be right and it could be the other way around. He could have seen the girl first and then got to the wife. I don't honestly remember and I don't know why I don't remember. Maybe it's the time. Maybe something's messing with time and is fucking with our memories. Stupid yeah, self-consistency principle. Uh, but anyway, let's get to the theory. Like, so I told you the theory, what it is. Like, how do you feel about this theory and how it's used in this movie? Um, uh, so I kind of, you know, talked about that a little bit. And uh, the theory is good. I think it could have been utilized a little better uh, if there was if there was a more solid inciting incident outside mm-hmm. of uh, something that was done because of time travel. Because if you take away the time travel element, mm-hmm. there is no reason Hector should have ended up at the at the the scientist factory, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, the okay. silo. Yeah, the silo. Um, there you go. I like that. There you go. Silo. Yeah. Um, th- there would have been no reason for him to end up there in order to start the time travel shenanigans the time travel mm. shenanigans happened because of time travel shenanigans so it 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 doesn't work for me in that degree um yeah it just needed something outside of that to start it um and then i would have been all on board like everything happened has to happen because it has to happen but the stuff happening couldn't have happened because it made itself happen um so the principle works like 98% of the time in this movie, but there's a big, very strong 2% that that it could have been tweaked just a little bit, and the movie still could have done the exact same everything else. Okay. Um, I think it's an interesting use of the theory whether Nacho Viglando meant to do that or not. Um I, I, I think it I think it does demonstrate this principle very well in the fact that no matter how hard you try, you cannot change the past. Everything and this theory, this principle is gonna show up in some other movies I'm sure we're gonna be covering. Mm-hmm. Um so that's that's gonna be episodes where we're just gonna get super nerdy. Kinda like how we just did right now. Um yeah. but um but this does show up in a few other films and stuff. Uh but um I do think it's an interesting use. Um, um, so the, the the second theory, I'll touch on it and then uh, I'll expound on it when we get to primer. The 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 second theory just reminded me of is the whole. I, I don't know the name of it yet. I I didn't start research on it yet. But there's the theory that you cannot travel back in time any further in the past than when the time machine was invented. So, you know, he turns on... So the scientist dude, he turns on the machine. Hector shows up. Hector cannot have shown up any earlier in the past than that moment. Because that was when yeah. the time is... And he... The scientist guy says that was the first time that machine was turned on. And he he, you know, he was just messing around with it and he turns it on. And that's when Hector shows up. Now, let's say, Hector, let's say the scientist dude, he did this last weekend... And that's probably when Hector would have probably have showed up instead. Because the machine 
by default, I felt like, sent him to the very first time the machine was ever turned on. Mm-hmm. So, again, I'll expound more on that when we get to Primer, because that's kind of the whole plot of Primer, but... Uh, but this There's movie... a plot to Primer? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so tempted to change out Episode 2 for Primer, but we're not. <laughs> um, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we'll get to that. But uh, but this movie uses the self-consistency principle, I think, down to a T. This is the this is the literal definition. This film, the events show that no matter how hard Hector tries or the scientist do, even the scientist dude was kind of trying to do it himself. He kept trying to get Hector to stay in the mm-hmm. the lunchroom, and Hector just didn't. He left. Um, so you know, even even he couldn't do it. So yeah, I think this is an interesting, interesting kind of well use of it. Um, despite you know, Nick, your confusion about the events that happen in the movie, but not I mean not confusion, but like you know how things happened and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that that's that's my theory. That's that's the theory, and that's that's what I think. So. Okay, uh, if there's nothing else on the uh, Novikov self-consistency principle, let's get to the time scale. We are going to get some questions uh, from the time scale, and then we are going to answer these on a scale of 1 through 10. And if you can... Our explanations on why we gave it that number. Uh, so uh, let's see. The the first question, Nick, is: Do you think the time travel used in the movie can be possible in real life? One through ten. Um. Nine. Oh. I th- I think that if this principle of the things has to happen the way that it happened is probably mm. one of the most obvious ways that time travel can happen you know it because otherwise then you then you get into like multiverse then you get into like branching realities (laughs) and parallel dimensions yep yep and but like if you're gonna just do straight straight time travel with no multiverse stuff then yeah this is the way it has to happen it either has to happen exactly as it happened or where it looks like it happened in the case of say it was his wife at one time and then it was the girl you know uh, as long as the person thinks that that is what happened then that's what happened um okay so but either way like history has to stay the same uh unless there's branching like timelines okay um i'm going to i'm going to give this i'm going to give it an 8 um i think this could be used and you know the fact that we don't know exactly how this time machine works we get an idea we know there's white goo involved we know it involves uh building a silo on top of a hill um but other than that we don't know but this feels like the most realistic form of time travel you could probably think of um because it's just a stationary machine unit uh, you're not, you know, you know, we're going to cover stuff that involves moving time machines. Um, but this is a stationary one and you have to travel in the same spot. And, um, but, and I, I can see some kind of science group 
getting together to try to build this thing. I can see some guy coming up with a theory on how to get this to work. And I can see all this being kind of realistic. So, yeah, I feel like this was kind of a, a realistic use of time yeah. travel. So, yeah, I'll, are, I'll, give it, I'll give it an eight. Are we going to be covering time viewing? Hmm. So, like, you know, Minority Report or, like, Paycheck or, you know, oh. Philip, K, Philip K. Dick in general, I guess. I really didn't um, think about that. I could I, – I will I will consider those. I will look at them and um, I, will, I will get back to you. Because I was going to say, like, Minority Report, you know, the precogs, they see the future and they're, like, in that vat of liquid that's in – Yeah, that's yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. I will, I will consider those. I will take a look and consider if those should be up for contention. Um, I can see the argument made. Uh, okay. The second time scale question is, was the time travel used responsibly in the movie? Scale of 1 to 10. Uh, zero. Like, hell no. <laughs> no, this was the most irresponsible use of time travel ever. Um, like, okay, I like it. No, Hector... It's funny, the movie tries to... Or at least Hector tries to put the villainy, the blame on the scientist dude, but Hector's the bad guy. Hector is the villain of this movie. He is just kind of this kind of schlubby pervert who wants to go find a naked girl in the woods and ends up sending himself on this uh, journey that ends up with like multiple wrecks, uh, kidnapping a girl, uh, making her take her clothes off, uh, ultimately killing her and like all of this stuff just for the sake of like time travel and going to go see some boobies like <laughs> you know he's and he's not a great dude and he like really messes everything up and then like treats the scientist dude like crap oh yeah like, <laughs> he does he does and yeah, like I said, Hector is just this common dude, and I I do think he's got some some issues. I think I don't know. He might be self aware that he's such a klutz yeah. and kind of a dummy that he sort of just takes it out on other people. He um, gets very violent very quickly. Though. He does. Yeah, I'm also I'm I'm gonna give it a one. Uh, I will give this a one. Uh, yeah, th this was horrible use of time travel. Um, it started off with good intentions with the whole, oh, I gotta, we gotta fix the timeline and make sure, you know, you get here and everything. And then it just goes off the fucking rails immediately. Uh, so I am also gonna give this a one. Um, Hector is a terrible time traveler. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which will lead to a, a, the next, well, not the next one, but the one after this. The next question is, uh, if you knew someone who has never seen a time travel movie before, on a scale of 1 to 10, would you show them this episode, or this movie? I don't know why I put episode. This movie. Um, like, two, maybe? Like, mm. I, don't, I don't know if it would be the first time travel movie I would ever show somebody. Um, you know, there'd be others that I'd probably, you know, Back to the Future or something like that, more than likely. Okay, okay. okay. Um, yeah, I mean, this wouldn't be, like, super far down the list, but I wouldn't start here. Okay, okay. Um, okay. However, that being said, the best way 
to watch this movie is to go in not even knowing it's about time travel. <laughs> um, really? <laughs> yeah. No, I think, could you imagine you're just like watching this movie about this dude who goes into the woods and then he ends up going back in time and like huh. suddenly there's multiple versions of himself and all like mm. you wouldn't you wouldn't even think about the dude in the pink mask being himself if you didn't oh, go in okay. knowing it's time oh, Okay, I get yeah, you're right. But yeah, I will give this a hesitant four. Um you may See, I'm also torn because I can see, like, non-time travel people getting into this film. Like, mm. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of with you now. Now that you explained it, I get the whole "don't tell anyone it's a time travel" movie, because uh, that does make it a little more fun. Like, not knowing what's coming up until he gets into the time machine. Um, but I also think, like, if you're into time travel, this is an interesting movie to check out. Uh, as well. Uh, so this works both ways. So if this is your first time, if you've never seen a time travel movie, like you somehow avoided all the the popular mainstays, uh, you never seen one before. You want to show this to you want to show this to kind of a tween who you're okay with seeing nudity, um, <laughs> and that's your parental discretion. If you're okay with showing you know your kids seeing nudity, that's up to you. I, I'm not telling you how to raise your kids. My mom didn't give a fuck. It, you know, as long as there wasn't hardcore penetration sex happening on screen, my mom let me see, like, all kinds of nudity. So my mom would definitely would have showed this to me as a kid. Um, and uh, so I would say yes. I'm going to give this I'm, – I'm giving a tentative four, though, uh, just because it's so complicated. Um, now, specific to the movie, uh, on a scale of one to ten, how smart was Hector throughout this whole movie? The that's hard uh, <laughs> because he was an idiot because he was trying to be too smart. So, okay. Okay. Like, like he was trying to to continue him getting into the time machine and things just kept going wrong. Yeah. But they kept going wrong because he's kind of an idiot. Um, so I don't like three. Okay. 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 <sighs> he starts off again. I know I've said this like a bunch, but he does start off as this kind of a as a klutzy idiot. Um. Even when he goes through the first time, you know, loop when he's in the lab at the first time and it's being explained to him, he doesn't seem to grasp what's going on. Like he, you know, he thinks it's a stranger at his house with his wife mm -hmm. and he doesn't he can't. And that might just be like maybe shock like he can't. I mean, OK, Nick, well, think about your this. first just, thought is not going to be that's me down there. Yeah, I was about to say, I guess, Nick, like if you were thrown into a time machine after being chased by a guy with stabby scissors and then you look into binoculars and you see somebody who kind of looks like you but you can't make out what it is with your wife I guess your first thought yeah would not be oh shit that's me I'm in the past 
Yeah. Um, I guess you probably would have a hard time comprehending that. Though, I will say, uh, you know, my wife and I watched this last night, and at one point I turned to her and I go, if I showed up and my face, lo- it was towards the end of the movie, <laughs> my face looked just like this, yeah. but I explained to you, like, all this time travel stuff that was going on, would you believe me? And she goes, 100%. Nice. Like, I would not question it. And, uh, okay, that's a good because, one. Because she said, I would not make something like that up. Like, I would just... Okay, okay, yeah, yeah that's fair. That is fair. Yeah, that, that's, that's a little too... Even has a prank, or... I know you don't like pranks, yeah. but, like, even has a goof, that's a little too far for you to go <laughs> to beat your face up and everything. Um... So anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a five. I think he was mid mid smart. I, I he was he started off as an idiot, and then throughout the course of the movie, he realized what he had to do, and then he did it. And he is very complicit in everything he did. He he made the decision. I mean that's fair. Yeah. And um, he so he eventually got smarter, but he did not start smart. So I'm giving I'm gonna give him a five. Finally. On a scale of one to ten, what do you think of the movie? Um, I give it like seven, seven and a half. I, I really mm-hmm. like it, actually. You know, I I've been kind of talking mess a little bit, but no, no, yeah, yeah. Um, I I noticed a lot more. I got a lot pickier on this rewatch, I guess. No, yeah, and that's the point of this this whole yeah. experiment. So that's fine. I like and, it. And so I, you know, I noticed a lot more than I did, you know, I guess the first two, three times I saw it. And I, uh, I, I do really like it. I really like a lot of the ideas it presents. Uh, I like how everything is explained and how it ties mm-hmm. back in. And the things you see in different parts of the movie are explained. You know, the dumpster that he sees near the beginning isn't actually yes. explained till near the end of the movie. Yes, 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 yes. Um, and uh, so there's just like little uh, bits and pieces that, you know, are just sprinkled throughout that just make it really fun. Uh, it's a really interesting movie, but it's not a flawless movie. Okay. And, okay. Uh, and so yeah, like seven, seven and a half. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it an eight and a half because we can do halves. I don't know. I don't know if I told you this. You can do halves. Um, I'm gonna give it an eight and a half. Um, like I said, this is the first movie I have ever watched immediately again after the first time I watched it, and this is a movie that does warrant rewatches, but for a good reason. Um, because you want to try to catch all the stuff in the background. I don't want to ruin a lot of it. Uh, I will give one example, but this is the one I'm going to stop. Is the golf cart in the back when he goes back the first time. Mm-hmm. Just keep an eye on the golf cart by the silo, and that's all I'm going to say. Um, there's other little stuff like that that's throughout the whole movie. Uh, I won't go over everything. There's some interesting... Um, I'm going to give a shout-out to another podcast. Uh, our pal Bubba Wheat has a show called It's Time to Rewind, uh, where he covers time loop, like movies and TV shows and whatnot. And he did an episode on time crimes, um, and uh, he pointed out something to me that I didn't know, uh, which was the uh, image on the girl's shirt is of a uh, – oh, my God, what's that guy's name? Schrodinger's cat? Oh, yeah, Schrodinger. Yeah. 
and then there's a negative space in between the cats, and then mm. that negative space shows up has the logo of this lab that Hector finds himself in. And I huh. did not catch that. And then when I watched it this time, I, I, it, like, it fits perfectly. Like, you, you see the logo on the keychain, and then you see her shirt, and that logo, like, the empty space on her shirt is that logo. So I don't know what that's all supposed to mean. Uh, I don't think we ever got a conclusion, but he pointed that out to me, and I was my mind was blown because I did not even catch that. So Interesting. Yeah. So, you know, go check that out. Go look for his Time Rewind. Uh, I think it was the last season he did. It was Time Crimes. Go check that out. It's a good show. Bubba's a cool dude. So I was also check on that an episode out. of that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, me and you. Yes, we both were <laughs> separately. We were separately on episodes, but yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, I'm giving this movie eight and a half. Um, I love this movie. It's one of my favorite time travel films, so uh okay all right well it looks like we are done here let's move on to our next destination shall we Ooh, where are we gonna go next hmm i have two choices in mind hey that reminds me are you familiar with the multiverse theory i am i talked about it earlier oh that's right it's uh, yeah 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 uh so basically you are about to create another universe based on your choice. Ooh. Ooh. What are my choices? So your choices are uh, we can go to 2006 and a somewhat mainstream film starring a popular actor, or we can go to 2014 and check out a super fucked up film that not a lot of people have heard of starring a popular actor. What's your choice, Nick Joe? Now, how can I not go with the super fucked up film? Like, <laughs> you know, when, you're, when your choices are a somewhat mainstream film or a super fucked up film with a lot of people have heard of starring a popular actor. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, I guess you're choosing uh, 2014. Okay, nice choice, nice choice. Well... Let's get going, shall we? The Timescale is co-hosted by Jason Soto and Nick Job, written, edited, and produced by Jason Soto, and can be found anywhere you get podcasts or rabbitholepodcasts.com. The opening theme is In at the End of the Time by Professor Elemental. Closing theme is One Man Wrecking Machine by Guster. If you want to hear an interesting audiobook about time travel, I recommend you check out The Theory and Practice of Time Travel, written by Larry Niven and narrated by, and I am not joking, Bronson Pinchot. No, I don't know why either. <laughs> but you can go download this audiobook absolutely free if you go to audibletrial.com slash rabbitholepods. You can try it absolutely free for 30 days. And after 30 days, you just pay $14.99 a month, and you get access to more audiobooks, original shows, or podcasts. You can cancel anytime, and if you do, you get to keep anything you've downloaded. So try it today. AudibleTrial.com slash RabbitHolePods. 
Also, huge thanks to our Patreon members. You out there listening can become one at patreon.com slash rabbitholepods. $3 a month gets you in. You get to listen to episodes way in advance. And you can make choices in things we do. Join us in live streams and so much more. Patreon.com slash rabbitholepods. I'm Jason Soto. I'm Nick Job. And we'll see you in the next time. I built a time machine I'm going to see the homecoming queen Take her to the Christmas dance Maybe now I'll get in her pants Whatever Copyright 2023 Rabbit Hole Podcasts, rabbithole podcast.com.